0: the craggy rugby podcast it's the zebra way edition except that we're not in zebra where are we william and i'm alan degan by the way
1: we're at the sports ground uh, everybody we're covering two matches today one of them remotely in parma uh, we're going to re- watch a recording of that game later on and have a discussion on it but we're here to watch connacht women take on Munster women in the women's Interprovincial championship the first game of their season so it's a slightly unusual podcast today
0: It is indeed, yes. The Connacht women are playing Munster, whom they've never beaten. Um, The Munster team are made up mainly of the UL Bowes team, who have been all-encompassing, winning most of the championships up to now. I think only um, Old Belvedere have managed to knock two of them out of it in in the last few years. Munster have won most of the championships, although they lost the last one on the last day last year, which Connacht were going for as well. Um, But had a slight strange situation where they played their game against Ulster before the Munster-Leinster game which meant that the opposition knew what they needed and in the end Connacht lost out on points difference so yeah it should be a cracking game I know they've lost some players this year I was talking to John Nocton during the week who's the head coach and they've lost some you know, some big players uh, that they would normally be looking for experience from the likes of uh, Ruth O'Reilly and Carol Staunton Claire Raftery have all retired all Irish internationals and yeah, last year's captain uh, Emma Cleary who's, em- who's emigrated Um, lost her to, you know, needing to go abroad and and earn some money abroad because, of course, these these girls are all um, amateurs.
1: Absolutely. Um, They they don't get to train very often together. They have to travel down here to do that from all parts of the country. It's it's a different world to professional rugby. Uh, But we were at the the Munster Barbarians women's game in Limerick a few weeks ago, myself and Alan. Very enjoyable evening. And... um, Munster looked quite good that night, although they were well beaten. They, they had some 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 decent players on display, and they did make substantial changes. They ran through a squad of about upwards of maybe 32, 33 players in the 80 minutes. So we'll see what it's like today. It's a beautiful day here. It's a fabulous afternoon. The sun is shining. The sun is actually a problem sitting here in the press box. That's something you don't often have to say at the sports ground. But uh, we'll keep you up to date on that, and uh, we'll also be talking in great depth about the Connacht match in Zebre. But we'll be doing that in the second part of the podcast.
0: Okay, we'll talk again at halftime. It's halftime here in the sports ground, and Munster women lead Connacht by ten points to nil, with a try from Laura Mahoney from the wing and a conversion and penalty from flanker Adele Murphy. We also have some bad news from Zebra, where Zebra won 24 points to 10. William, yeah, not a full, not a good full-time story in Parma. We'll be talking about that game later in the podcast when
1: we've had a chance to watch the full television coverage and uh, find out what happened. We've been keeping an eye on it here. It was uh, not good, not good.
0: No, it certainly wasn't, but. Things are looking not too bad here in the, the sports ground. Connacht are losing ten nil, but they've been playing some great rugby. When the uh, the game's gone loose, there was a four-minute spell there just before half time that was just superb. Uh, unfortunately, the Munster defence has been really strong, and um, but we're looking forward to a cracking second half. We'll talk again on full time. October 1915. What a game! Okay, William, things have calmed down now after a fantastic victory. Um, we're up in the, the quiet and calmness of the media room here in the sports ground, where you've just finished interviewing uh, Captain Grainne Egan, one of the tri scorers, Adele McMahon, and uh, victorious coach Jan Nocton on a really historic win. Great win,
1: first ever win for Connacht women against Munster women. Uh, they've run them close the last three seasons, but uh, today was the day. down at half-time they never lost uh, belief in their system they kept trying to play their brand of rugby and in the second half particularly when Mary Healy came on at uh, scrum half she made a huge difference and they they just stepped on the gas and away they went scored three fine tries created a few other opportunities played a very uh, expansive brand of rugby and kept kept going right to the end they're absolutely thrilled great crowd, maybe six 600 people. Sounded a lot more, mm-hmm. a lot of family and friends there so it was uh, quite emotional at the end uh, when the team came into the stand to greet all those people and uh, just an absolute pleasure to be here and hopefully now they can kick on their next two games are away they're in uh, Donnybrook next Saturday against Leinster and then they're up in Belfast Harlequins to play Ulster the following Saturday. It's a very Compact interprovincial season that they play, but they've made a great start uh, with an historic win. And uh, let's hear from them now. Connacht Women's captain Gronya Egan, player Ed- Adele McMahon, and head coach Jarvis Nocton joining me here after that stupendous win. I'm going to start with Gronya. How good was that?
2: Yeah, no, it was it was a great feeling. Um, it's a great way to start off the. The interpros series, uh, we definitely are going for another two wins. So yeah, it's a good start.
1: Ten 0 down at half time, but you were still trying to, to to play your pattern. But were you a little bit concerned going in that a side like Munster maybe had you know had repelled Connacht very well for the last few minutes of that half?
2: Um, I think we kind of knew we had a confidence that. You know, we were able to win this game, so we just grew as the game went on, and I think we were feeling like we're we're getting into this now, and we know we can do it. And you know, that kind of showed with each half, we were we were getting better, and we were settling into our our system. We weren't defeated or anything; no, no, no. we were we were growing. You know, we were ready to go again. It's a bit more fire fire in the belly when we kind of came out
3: yeah. in the second half, and we just really drove on yeah. and I showed them what we could do.
1: You've never beaten Munster, but you've run them very close the last couple of years. Was did you sort of th- feel that you owed them one today?
3: Um, definitely. I think Munster have always uh, taken us to the wire and we've just kind of fallen short every time. Um, I know from last year, just on the sideline watching, uh, we played uh, stupendous in the last 10 minutes and we brought that for you know the bulk of the game today, especially in that second half for 40 minutes and we showed that we were more than well able to um, come out with the win. Um, credit to Munster, they kept at us, but uh, credit to our own girls. So we stuck to our systems that we've been working hard through for the season and trusted our, our players and that uh, showed today.
1: You played a really attacking game and trying to get width on the ball, great handling. Is is that that's something you've been working
4: towards, Gerald? Oh, definitely, definitely. We worked on that last year, I'm really, and just building on from what we'd done last year, so it was superb to see it. A um, few clinches in the first half, but. When we got it going in the second half, and the girls crew and confidence, and the crowd backed them in the second half there, you know, some of the play was outstanding. Moving that ball left, right, it was all fantastic to see.
2: Yeah, the crowd, I must say, yeah, the, yeah. The, the atmosphere was electric. I mean, the last few years, I suppose, the uh, support for the game has been growing. Uh, but you could really feel it today. You could feel the kind of crowd, and it was, it was great. It really did drive us on. Yeah.
3: Yeah, just emphasise on that. Yeah, even coming out onto the pitch, I was like, never seen this before. Kind of flags, so support from underage coming up, girls here to watch us. Um, so it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: How difficult as a coach is it to get everybody together to actually train for this? I mean, how many opportunities do you get to uh, to bring all the girls together in a in a setup where you can work through your tactics and your plans for the game?
4: I mean, it can be difficult all right we we started a little bit late this year because the World Cup is on, and I came in then a little bit late, even though I was here the, over the last two years as a strength and condition coach um It can be difficult, like we had a couple of Wednesdays and Saturday sessions planned, and we had to cut the Wednesdays because girls are coming down from from Dublin, and traffic was crazy coming out of Dublin so it it can be difficult and look it's all credit to the girls to make the they've chosen to do this and make those trips down to Galway you know or atlone or wherever we've been. Um, and it's so all credit to them and it's, it's difficult but when they come down they're 100% commitment the best thing about the girls I can say about them that they all want to learn so any Knowledge myself, Murph, Eastie want to pass on to them they're all there just looking for more information and that's a credit to them like.
1: and does that give you hope going forward now for the rest of this it's a very tight package of games you're you're in action now next Saturday against Leinster and then the following Saturday at Ulster They're they're both away but it, does that suit you to have them close together, or would it be better if the, if the games were actually spread out about the championship?
4: Um, we'll find out in two weeks' time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I am yeah. being honest. Yeah. Um, but it's a little it's difficult because this has been put in the middle of the season. You know, these girls have missed out through injuries because they've picked up in the clubs, and um, where previously it was done just before the start of the season. Now, I I imagine they're using it to build up to the six nations, which is fair enough. But that that can be difficult, you know, some girls are disappointed, I mean that they've they've picked up injuries in the club game, so it it, it is difficult.
1: And gronya how enjoyable is it to captain uh, the first ever winning game <laughs> <laughs> against Munster?
2: Yeah, look, it's it's a dream come true. Um I feel so honored and so lucky, you know, to to be here and, and captain like there's a load of leaders out there and I'm just lucky to you know, be, be over this year or whatever, and uh, hopefully we can go one step further than last year because we won our first game last year, and uh, we played Munster, and the, in the, our second game, and we were very close to, to beating them. So um, I think the the teams this year are actually even better than they were last year. I think Ulster have improved, and Leinster will have improved. So um, the the three claims games close together is difficult you have to stay you know concentrated um, you know drop one game and pick up the next so um yeah we're only really getting going you know we have a job to do it's like only one game of three so um yeah we're, we'll go for it
1: that's that's a really sort of level-headed approach because it's you've almost got to park this game now almost immediately uh, celebrate it tonight of course but then you've got to get going again for Leinster next week what what do you expect that they'll bring?
3: Um, Leinster I suppose from last year they'll be confident coming into the series having won last year um, but they're fresh faced as well they have new additions in their backline and new additions in their forwards as well so they'll be looking to I suppose try and exploit us from watching if they can get any bit of uh, analysis from our game but I mean, we're just going to focus on our game plan, tweak what did and didn't work today and just really fine tune and go in confident on Saturday and that we like we can beat Leinster.
1: And would a central part of that be the fact that you're back in your skill set? Because some of the rugby you played today was was very high grade and there was it was a lot of fast at, attempts to get the ball moving. And it was it's all about accuracy and pace. You need people running onto the ball.
3: That's kind of credit yeah. to the coaches. Um, a lot of our training is uh, skills under pressure, um, which like makes the difference here. I mean, there's no point, as Jazz has been teaching us, doing the plays behind the gain line. I mean, you're going nowhere. So a lot of our training has been um, under pressure skill focus. So that's kind of shown.
1: And of course, uh, this is the second time in recent weeks that you've beaten Munster, having uh, for the barba- for the for the Barbarians. So uh, you'll be able to in- enjoy that particularly.
3: Yeah, absolutely, to beat him twice in one year and never beaten him before, so it's unreal and my dad now, even though he's a monster <laughs> man he's like, jeez, I don't know what's going on here I'm supporting Connacht, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's unreal um, and it just kind of proves that I started playing rugby above and Connacht and I stuck with them and they've looked after me really well and like that's where you know loyalty is and you, if you fight hard enough for that um, so it's great to kind of get one up <laughs> on my own <laughs> province
1: <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, great job well done
0: okay that's um three very happy people (laughs) it has to be said and and well deserved because they they really did play some some cracking rugby um you know it was really exciting to watch it was you know i really got caught up and i haven't been as excited at a a game in quite a while and the passion and and the, the work rate that they put in was just Brilliant, and it was you know I'm I'm almost gutted I'm going to breathe next week because I I'd almost prefer to go and watch them up in Dublin. They played so well. Yeah, they they played really really well. the The first half was 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 a little difficult for them
1: because M- Munster play a much more compact game. They they don't look to spread the ball around. They play to their strengths, which is in their forward pack. But Connacht never lost sight of their target, which was to get the ball wide to give their their wingers uh, an opportunity. And by doing that, uh, they kept the game very open. And Munster probably will feel they had chances before half time, possibly to put the game out of reach. But once the second half started, once they weathered another five-minute storm from Munster, the remaining 35 minutes of the half was just all Connacht. Munster barely got into the Connacht half until they scored that try right at the end, which was uh, too little, too late for them.
0: Yeah, but it gave them a losing bonus point which could be important it was, you know, these, these things we know from Connacht in the Pro 14 how that can uh, go against you and, uh, and it sort of went against Connacht last year but to get a win against a t- Munster team that they'd never beaten before was incredible and, and the amount of times that, you know Orla Dixon and um, Ali Miller got the ball on the wings was, was brilliant to see, it really was and, uh, you know, moving the ball around um, so well and such great hands there was some really, really high high quality skill played out there today Hugely enjoyable game of rugby, and hopefully they can kick on next week and uh, show the Irish coach, who happens to be the Leinster coach, that there's a few girls out there that deserve to be picked on the Irish squad. Okay, so now we'll move on to the analysis of the Pro 14 game. Myself and William are going to head off home and watch the video, which I'm not really looking forward to. And um, and if we can get hold of one or two more voices, we might uh, we you might hear from one or two more people on the podcast. So um, yeah, not looking forward to this <laughs> the next bit of this podcast, but um. It has to be done. OK, and we're back. And we're now going to focus on the Pro 14 match that happened in Parma today. On the line, I now have Niall Packy-Shiel. And Williams joined me as well. Um, Niall, you've, you, you are watching the game live today on, on TV. And pretty dreadful display, really, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, Helen, that was, uh, it was a pr- very poor display by Connacht today. Um, re- really disappointed with the, I suppose, the lack of endeavour out of the team. They just they seemed very, really, really flat. Um, we didn't really. Bear, uh, the try came as a result of a, of a mistake, really, uh, from just a ball that was stripped uh, by Zebra, and it um, it was bounced nicely. Tom Farrell fair play picked up the ball raced in and dotted it down but outside of that I don't think we've threatened their line at all today um, I know Kieran Kane is saying um, this, this evening that he you know he thought the uh, option ta- the option taking was poor by the team um, and that they're disappointed but uh, it was a dreadful game a dreadful dreadful game uh, but with very very few positives um, in fact I'm struggling to think of many maybe it was Good to see uh, Mitchell, the new scrum half. He came on. He showed a little bit about him. Uh, with,
0: uh, oh yes, my dog.
5: <laughs>
0: Not happy with the display either.
5: <laughs> I don't blame him. Um, but very, very poor stuff.
0: William, you've had time to to think about it um, after what you you watched today. What what are your thoughts now? A few hours later.
1: It's taken in conjunction with last week uh it's a very poor start to this nine game stretch uh, we've lost two away games we've lost to two teams who are were below us in the uh conference one of which still is in zebre but um it was it was poor it was a very poor game of rugby uh for for the most part in general it was a very stop start um I mean, it was 6 0 to at half time. They could have had possibly a try right on half time that the TMO turned down, um, but they kicked a penalty from an earlier offence and uh, Owen Masterson got a yellow card. I would say, somewhat bizarrely, Connacht possibly played their best bit of rugby then in the first 10 minutes of the second, the second half. They, they played their, 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 some better rugby, they, and they and they scored the try. But it was a very lackadaisical performance. It was very lacking in direction. And it's a very typical game in Zebra. It became broken up and disjointed and stopping and starting. And it was played at a pace that seemed to suit them. Connick weren't really able to impose themselves at any stage. And Kieran Kane has alluded to the fact he he's saying in after-match comments to the media that... Uh, it's a bit of a head scratcher, um, but I, I would say it was a it was a typical zebra type game, except they've come out on the the wrong side of the result.
0: Yeah, like I think um, what what impressed me from a from a zebra point of view is Carlo of took control of the game with ten minutes to go. Once Connick went in front, he just seemed to decide he was going to up his game, and he kicked a beautiful ball into the corner. He had a couple of little dinks over the top, one that led to a try. Um, and he just seemed to grow into a, a role that he'd been playing relatively well up to then. But he he really stamped his class, and like he is an international player, uh, international class player, um, and it, and it really showed. And I think that it it's highlighted the the lack of quality we appear to have in in the the same situation. I was a little bit disappointed with Steve Crosby today. I didn't think he grasped his opportunity particularly well. Um, I was hoping to see a bit more of him um, and running the game in a you know up to now when when he's come off the bench he's taken to the game you know he's taken the ball on the gain line and controlled the game quite well we didn't seem to do that as much today so it was pretty disappointing from from that point of view um but also Venditti scored that last try pretty well but looking back on it it looked as though they would made two tackles during that whole phase of play on our players didn't release the player and stole the ball so I'm not sure they should have that last try should have counted I don't think it would have made a difference to the final result but um disappointing <laughs>
5: To be honest, I, I know what you're saying, Alan, but to be honest, I don't think Connor kind of deserved to get Anthony from the game, really and truly, um, that the, the, the performance was that was that bad. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Carlo Canna, that he came up, that he just took control. He played quite well up to that. Like you were saying, he looked dangerous to me. He asked a lot of questions. Uh, in contrast to that, we didn't have anybody that stood up and really took the game to Devere, or a leader to stand up. I, I'm just I'm wondering in hindsight if um, the decision uh, not to bring Tom McCartney when we could do have done he's a cool head we could have done with another leader there i I just think we missed something by not by not doing that now in saying that Shane Delahunt played, played relatively okay he, he was fine I mean there was very few good performances but I just think when, when it came to needing a leader we were sorely lacking and deborah did have kind of really stood up. Um, and their their back row, actually, as well, uh, Johan Meyer, did uh, a very good game. Mm. Came onto the ball really well. And Mbanda, as well. Mbanda's you know, in an international. Um, he made, you know, a lot of tackles and he, he made dominant tackles. Um, but I'm struggling to think of kind of players that have stood up like that for me. Uh, I've gone through some stats here and I'm, I'm looking at them. and Tom Farrell did quite well with defenders beaten and uh, with the offloads and that. But outside of those few things, you know, I think that might have led to the game being very disjointed. We never, we never imposed phases on the game really, and that was the most, from my point of view, was the most frustrating thing about it.
0: Yeah, I think we 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 seem to lose an awful lot in the contact area. Um, we didn't dominate contact area as much as I would have liked. You know, I'm, I'm just looking back at the history of the scores against Zebra, and that's the the fewest points connect have ever scored against Zebra. Um, you know, they, they've been have been scoring 20, 30, 40 points on them on a regular basis for you know and even last season in the, the, the Heineken scored 50 and 60 points against them and and they've scored so little and, and never looked really like scoring as you say the, the try came from a strange turnover scenario where they ripped the ball out of um, Cannon's hands and it sort of went a bit loose and Farrell had the gumption to stay alive, kick the ball ahead and pick it up and score while everybody else stood around waiting to see what happened but other than that we never looked like scoring a try.
1: Yeah competing I think one of the problems was if you, if you look at the scoring breakdown they were they were in in the game or leading the game for what 66 67 minutes um, and then it all sort of fell apart once um, as you say Alan uh, Carlo Canna got his game running or got them moving they won they won the last 13. Minutes, and that's what won them the game but Connacht you always had the feeling that Connacht were hanging on a bit there was never any real confidence in the fact and you felt that if um Zebra did up it with, particularly with the amount of pos- the position they had on the field that they would be very dangerous and it's it's sort of it's a sort of a result that you sort of half expected but you maybe didn't expect it to happen the way it did mm. and it is it is quite concerning you you can't if you want a challenge for playoff places in this um, conference you can't lose to sides that are below you in your own conference you have to you certainly can't lose both games you could lose one of them um, and you can make excuses or you can make observations as to why they lost last week in Cardiff but today no they 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 they, they got what they deserved and that was was Very
0: little, yeah, if you look at the table, you know the effectively the top three are uh free and easy they're gone they, you know after ten games, the Cheetahs are ten points ahead of Cardiff. um they're five point they're, they're they're seven points behind Munster, but you know Cardiff are on nineteen points, Connacht are on eighteen points, and zebra are on sixteen points. that's a dog fight. we're in a dog fight now because Ospreys are only on eleven now they could still come back with a run somewhere along the way because they have so much talent and, and quality they must i'm not sure what's going on in, in in ospreys but you'd expect them to come back into the frame at some stage um, it's amazing to think that we've lost seven games and we're still in with a chance of European rugby next season
1: well that, I suppose that's the way the the, uh, the, system, the South African side finishing in the top three uh, creates this extra space for Europe either a direct directly in or a uh, a playoff, mm. and their win tonight at home again keeps them bubbling along, and you feel they're going to beat the Kings every time they play them. Yeah, cause they're just a, be- a much better side. So it's almost it is a dog fight. I'm not sure if they're the, the problem for Connacht And that is that is that four I mean the next three Pro 14 games are interprovincials, mm. derby games. One home, two away at Christmas. Um, uh, you know, running from the 23rd of December till the 6th of January. Um, at the moment, you it's, you know, sort of pick the bones out of that. See if, you know, how do you get up to the required level? I'm not saying they can't, but they're going to have to work very, very hard um, because the, the the game against Munster at home seems to sort of be a peak in the season. And now we've we got to the top of the mountain there and they've slipped off again. And yeah. They're going to have to ask themselves some pretty hard questions, um, and they don't have a lot of time because they've got the double header with Brieve coming up, uh, starting away next Saturday. And it's um, we knew this was going to be a very difficult section of games, but it would have started a lot easier if they could have won one at least one of the first two. Yeah, they,
5: need, they needed to win. Uh, kind of needed to win one of these last two games. Um, looking at a team either side of you in the, in the league table uh, we should have really and truly for, if we're a team that's looking to go to Europe and to do something in Europe and be in the position that we think we should be in well, then we should be beating Zebra in Parma and we should be beating Cardiff Blues as the Cardiff Blues are at the moment and we're not, we're not doing things like that you know we have great performance against Munster and then you know against Cardiff Blues quite good attacking we lost her for whatever reason but then you see against today, and the really the team genuinely didn't look up for this game at all, for whatever reason. And you 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 can't pick and choose when you're when you're going to play.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and you'd have to wonder we we're playing a lot of guys like look you're looking at John Muldoon's played an enormous amount of rugby so far this season, and John's not getting any younger. Um, you know, but then we've got you know a lot of back row players injured. Then you had a you know brand new centre partnership today, which didn't really. Didn't really click, and yet a, a fly half making his first start of the season in the Pro 14. I know he started in in the European game, but it's only his first start in the Pro 14. So, a lot of changes. But guys didn't. I think Kieran Kane likes guys to take an opportunity when it's presented to them, and I'm not sure he's happy with guys' ability to take those opportunities. I'd agree with that.
5: I'd agree with that. And. Um, it does look that way I'd be very interested to see what way we're going to line up next weekend um, I agree with you Alan I think uh, John Mundoom he looks quite tired at the minute he's making uh, we, you know at one stage in that game close to the end of the game we gave away uh, three penalties in a row uh, two of them at line of, you know at the line of, and we just gifted um, separate field position then it ended up being a penalty uh, successful penalty kick the goal by Canna and they were the they were the sort of moments where it needed somebody to stand up, and I did think uh, John McDougal looked a bit jaded. Like you're saying though, massive amount of injuries in the back row, um. But it's going to need people to step up there, and um, we have a few internationals there now at the, at the moment, our own internationals, and I think those guys are going to have to step forward and and show that they can become leaders, because um I don't think it's right that uh, this should be falling on one or two players as it seems to be.
0: Yeah, I have to well, say, I, I thought Delane played well today. Now that we think about it, I thought he, he, he looked far more um, abrasive than he has done in a long time and held on to the ball, didn't lose anything today, made some big yeah. hits as well. So, you know, maybe there's a, a start of him showing a little bit more leadership there. Yeah,
5: hopefully, you know, hopefully that, I thought Finley as well, carried quite well when he, um, he carried the ball uh, well. I thought James Connolly was decent enough in the back row, actually. Mm. Um uh you know, he came off quite early. I don't know if that was, hope to God that wasn't injury related because uh, <laughs> there's enough lads there's enough lads down there. But I thought he played I thought he played quite well, he was abrasive as well. Um but I not enough fellows um you, you know, led like they should. I was I have to say I was extremely disappointed with turning the today. Mm. Um it didn't seem like it was going for him um I don't you know the there was a kick that was going dead which he touched off his foot, but then he didn't do anything with it. You know, mm. it kind of showed a bit of a lack of respect for Zebra to me, um, because I don't think there was there was anything really on. And I thought maybe he was he was trying a few he was trying a few things that if he he wouldn't have tried against another team. I, uh, that, that's what I reckon. So um, you know, I, I think Ty- you know, needs to you know play go, get back to playing the game that we know he can play. And that would that be vitally important going especially the next day in brief. We were there before William uh, looking at them losing. You know, they can their crowd get up, they can they can come into a game well. So it's it's going to need nothing silly. We're not gonna we are not we should not be giving them opportunities to attack us. And um, that's what we did today with uh, with when we had the ball. Uh, we didn't try and keep it at all. Um Eddie Sullivan's was his famous saying, respecting the ball, I don't think we respected it football at all today, and it, it was disappointing,
1: it was very disappointing. Yeah, well that, that's fairly typical of what tends to happen over there, though. Those, they're just, it's like these games operate in their own little world a little bit, when, you're, when you go over there, they're just these disjointed games, um, and looking ahead to next week, uh, Breeze this evening have beaten Onya 33-30 at home. Um, so that's a bottom of the table top fourteen clash, uh, so the usual sort of bottom of the table type clash, sixty three point game. So sort of pick the bones out of that.
0: And neither try got uh, neither, neither of them got a try bonus.
1: Yeah, so it, it's you know you wonder you've got to look at this if you if you're looking ahead cause they're going to have to look ahead very quickly. They can review this game and then Connick will have to move on. It's a it's a very poor group. This Challenge Cup group we're in. There's four teams. All of them are misfiring to some level or other. Um, I'm a bit. I'm actually a bit concerned because I think Worcester have have got their act together a bit. They've suddenly won a few games in in the Premiership. They have Oinya home and away. Now they start um, with an away match. And you just feel that they're capable the way they're trying to play they've they've scored a few tries in the last few weeks they could pick up ten points coming out of that um... we are we could go to Breve next week and win it really depends on what Breve want to do whether they put out at home they're a totally different animal to what would be the away game here uh... they'll play for their crowd but they tonight have created a bit of a gap now at the bottom of the table it's it's still very tight down there um, so you could see a situation that they might still have one eye off Europe Worcester are now looking to me like they're going to they have a huge game on the 22nd of December against London Irish who are now below them in the table and if they were to win that they would create a gap that would leave London Irish really staring at relegation, and, and potentially Worcester getting themselves a little bit further up the table. So all this is going on in the background. So it's a really hard one to to, to, to say. But what you can say is that Connors are going to have to play a hell of them a lot better than they have in the last two weeks if they're going to get the correct number of the points that they need out of the brief fixtures.
0: Yeah, and it does, just looking at the forecast for brief it's going to be um, rain, freezing rain, um, on Friday and Saturday. With you know the evening temperatures in the heading towards the minus figures, so um, it's not <laughs> it's not going to be a particularly warm reception over there. But it's certainly going to challenge. You know the the ground's going to be wet. Looking at it, it's going to have rain for three days beforehand, so it's going to be a heavy pitch. Um, it's going to be very cold. So yeah, God knows what sort of game they're going to get over there at this stage.
1: Uh, you, well you you can imagine what sort of game they're going to get it'll be big and harsh and and it's Breve might have absolutely zero interest in progressing in this competition, but next saturday night they they get an opportunity in difficult conditions to uh sort of physically take on a side uh it It could be very very difficult we've never won there um we've lost twice there in very in tight games. But you, 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 you just feel that to, to win there, you've got to be physically correct, but you've also got to be mentally really on the ball. collect uh, kind of have a good record in, in France; they've, they've, they've won regularly there. But you've, you've got to be up for it, and you've got to be really ready for it. Yeah, I would say, well,
5: from being there before, that ground in Brie, uh, it's top class; it's a top quality uh, ground up there. Uh, I don't think they get they get much wind. Um, even where it is uh, it's nicely nestled there in the in the Masters central, but it's, it's quite low. Um, the I think they're looking at their squad today. Julian Brook knows playing for them, but I think Connors are going to have to go um, go fairly heavy, go heavy in our backs here. Uh, I'd say it, we're going to have to see Bundy, two Aki's. We're going to have to see them in the centre, notwithstanding how well Tom Farrell played today. But I just think it's going to be a day for that. I'm looking at, you know, like you said, they got no try bonus uh, today, Alan. Mm. Uh, but a lot, like a lot of penalties. So I would say, I suppose it showed what the game was today against know that it, it was, they just had to win and IONO take the penalties as well. So um, it would, but then it just, it depends, a lot of this will depend on what, uh, what game Connor's brings. Because um, today certainly won't put it, you know, but if they can get closer towards the the type of game that they had against Munster, well then um, I think that should I personally think that should be good enough to, to win.
0: Um, well I don't know. We've played them we've played them four times and lost three times and they're you know they get a win and they, they join us on nine points at the top of the table so they've got a lot to play for in Europe if they're interested.
5: That's it's sixty four million dollar question, isn't it? Um, with French <laughs> teams in Europe. I, it's hard to see how interested they could be. Um, uh, you know, saying uh, in you, you never know what these guys. Uh, mean. We were over there. Uh, bef- uh, we were over there before, and um, you know, kind of for, in my opinion, it's a away game that they had. They definitely had the winning of. So, hopefully, uh, that isn't that again
0: Indeed. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll come. We're coming to the end uh, of this podcast. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any other business. Anyone wants to bring anything up at this stage of the evening? Um, Well,
5: actually, William, uh, I meant to ask you, did did Alan invest in a razor, or should we set up crowdfunding?
0: Yeah, yeah, the the, the, the potato. I tried to do a blue steel picture to try and get some sort of... anyone to give me a couple of bob towards my Movember thing, but it turned out more like blue tin. Um, But yeah, the... The pathetic attempt at a mustache has now disappeared and my wife is very happy.
5: Alan, it, was top class. Perfect.
0: <laughs> it was a sad, sad attempt. Okay, so we'll we're gonna leave it there. And uh, the next podcast will be on Tuesday when we'll have our midweek podcast with an update from the um Connacht press conference, and then I'm off to breathe with Rob next week to do the commentary for Goa FM. So um Unfortunate today that kind of couldn't get a decent result, even get a a losing bonus point in in zebra. But um, at least the women had a great game and had a great win. And um, if anyone is interested to watch a great game of rugby with a a team that really fights for each other and plays so well and and tries everything and you know are very skillful and very determined, you can go and watch them play in Donnybrook uh, next Saturday. I think it's a five o'clock kickoff.
5: Interesting, I see um, Sinanopu. Playing for Leinster this season. so um, I there be, might be a bit of niggle there.
0: the girls might like to Oh, well, it certainly, it certainly should be an interesting one. I know, I know, my my lad was playing against Whitlow today, and he was playing against George in Opu. Um, so <laughs> he said he, he George is an awful hard man to take down. He said he brought him down, but he's he's black and blue after trying to take him down. I know George isn't the youngest, but um, then he said he still hits like a train.
5: There's, there's any to me anyway that's actually yeah <laughs>
0: <terrible. laughs> indeed okay thanks a lot guys we'll finish it there see All you right, paki good stuff see you william
1: okay oh, cheers, cheers.